You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone. This is Jeff Ellis, the host of the Locked On Indians podcast. On today's show, we'll talk about the doubleheader for the Indians, a loss for the Twins. We'll peer ahead at the upcoming schedule. And at the second half, I will put a few more interviews from my last week at uh, the Akron Rubber Ducks. So the first game today for the Cleveland Indians was, uh, I don't know if I want to necessarily call it a nail-biter, but it was one with a a lot of complaints uh, until they finally were able to get two runs in the seventh. Uh, I mean, the book has been out on the Indians in a while. Um, Ariel Urado has struggled for the most part this year, but uh, everyone knows if you have a workable change, throw it to the Cleveland Indians, and he was able to stymie them for seven innings. In one of his best performances of the year, uh, the Indians managed just three hits. You know, they scored two runs. The Rangers had six hits, and the Indians also made an error, and they just couldn't get anything across. That had been kind of the Indians' problem this year of putting together enough to score runs but not putting together all at once. Uh, there were also two walks in the game for the Rangers, both to Indians' killer Elvis Andrews. At the end of the day, the the hero in this is Jose Ramirez, who hit the two-run home run to put the Indians on top. Um, only other hits in this game went to Mike Freeman and Carlos Santana, and Ramirez also had a walk, as did Roberto Perez. Ramirez is the only one who safely reached base twice in this game. Uh, you know, there's not this is his 15th home run. He also stole his 23rd base. Solid performance by Plesac. Uh You can't really ask for more. Uh, five hits, two walks, seven strikeouts. I like that the strikeouts are trending up. Nick Goody has been a, a revelation. There were a lot of great stats out today about kind of what has driven him this year uh, statistically and why he is performing as well as he has. And Brad Hand, you can't draw it up any better, comes out, strikes out the side, picks up save 28. So that's, you know, the Indians go from being three and a half back since the Twins lost yesterday at this point to being three games back. The next game, the Indians decide to let uh, Tyler Clippard be a start, and they're going to do a bullpen by committee on this one. Uh, Clippard, they had done this before, with Clippard also getting the start. And, I mean, you just have to give all the credit in the world to the bullpen on this one. Uh, And it's not even the guys who are your central bullpen figures. I mean, Oliver Perez, um, he gave up a run. He gave up a home run. He uh, faced uh, three batters, struck out two, gave up a home run. But, I mean, he is kind of their their main lefty in the pen. Nick Wetgren's been their setup man. But Clippard, Cole, and Wood are all just kind of more like fill-in guys. So a really, really nice job by those guys at the top. Lance Lynn has been really good for Texas this year. He performed well. Uh, The Indians luckily were able to touch up Jesse Chavez, and I'm still shocked that the Rangers didn't move on from Sean Kelly and his, you know, he's an older relief pitcher. There should have been, especially when we saw, like, the Washington Nationals, who did have Sean Kelly in the past, go out and trade for three relievers, that uh, he's still sitting there to the Indians' benefit. That one home run that scored the only run was uh, by Willie Calhoun, who 
that name is vaguely familiar. He was a top prospect several years ago at the Dodgers. He was kind of the big return piece when the uh, Rangers traded Hugh Darvish to the Dodgers back when Hugh Darvish was uh, a top-shelf pitcher. Um, in this one for the Indians, Jose Ramirez goes deep again. That puts him up to 16, four away from, I believe, be four guys with 20 home runs on the Indians. Um, I know five guys with 20 home runs on the Indians at that point. Santana with a double. Kipnis had a pair of doubles. Lindor had a double. Ramirez also had a double. A lot of doubles in this one. Base running wise, you know, Cody Allen with the uh, caught stealing. And Francisco Lindor with the rare error. Uh, you know, it's it's... It's one of those games you look at and you go, oh, 5-1. But it's it's a game where you just kind of leave feeling good because they had every reason, you know, second game of a doubleheader, uh, using a bullpen by committee, all these reasons, facing a, a good starting pitcher to lose this game. And instead, uh, they come away with a, I don't know if I want to necessarily say a sizable win, but a, a strong win. Um it was a little odd to put Naquin in the two spot with as well as Ramirez has been hitting. Um, I'd still kind of like to see him up there because the difference in the number of at-bats he see, would see between two and five um, is not insignificant. And he has just continued to be the Indians' number one hitter um, over the last month or so. You know, Greg Allen, two hits in the game. Kipnis, two hits. Ramirez, two hits. Santana, one hit and a walk. Lindor, one hit and a walk. Uh, Kevin P. Walk. Uh, Franmo is the only player who didn't reach base, but he did get an RBI. Um, oh, along with Naquin. But, uh, and then the, the Twins lose to the, uh, the Braves, losing two to three there. So now the Indians are two back. You go back to that game that they bunted away, and you're like, man, they could be one back going into this series. So far this year, they're, uh, four and five against the Twins. Uh, the last series knocked them under 500 against the Twins, but they got this four-game set, and it's a chance to conceivably leave as the division leader. Um, they could take over that spot, which is huge, um, because it guarantees you three playoff games. There's always that disappointment with the wild card that, yeah, you make it, but you know you can get knocked out after one game this gives you that a little more a little more wiggle room uh some more games in it the indians right now speaking of the wild card um both oakland and tampa lost today and boston lost again boston is now one and nine in their last 10 and are struggling to stay over 500 uh the indians are up three on tampa three and a half on oakland they're really separating from the rest of the pack there which is uh and then just to kind of point something out interesting, let's go to the National League side of things. You know, we talked about extensively on this podcast. It's like, oh, the, the Giants have been on such a great run. They're not going to trade their guys. Well, they've lost four in a row. They're 3-7 and seven in their last 10. They're now under 500. And it's the danger of deviating. Yeah, they've been playing well, but they're not a good team. Teams can have hot stretches and not be good. Yeah, the Giants will offer probably both Smith and uh, Bumgarner the qualifying offer. But, I mean, the value, I guess, is going to be relatively the same in a year. Uh, But there's a lot of moves that could have been made. It's it's kind of a surprise. Diamondbacks staying 500. 
the Mets. Uh, I give the Mets so much crap uh, about them not knowing what they were doing and uh, nine and one over their last ten, a game back, currently tied with the St. Louis Cardinals. Cardinals have lost five in a row, two and eight in the last ten. Uh, I talked about the Carl's ne- Cardinals' needs to go out and get starting pitching, and while everyone rips the Yankees and the Red Sox for not doing anything, Cardinals didn't do anything either. Um, and they had some big needs. They were leading the NL wild card. Now they're uh, fourth. Milwaukee half a game back. They went out and got some pitching. Still some big needs there. Philadelphia didn't do a whole lot at the deadline as well. Nationals are now leading the wild card. And they just didn't have the pieces to move to help them get something. But that National League wild card is, in a lot, is much more interesting than the American League wild card. Um, but I thought, you know... Just kind of interesting to check in, especially because near the trade deadline, we talked about so many of those teams. Okay, everybody. Postmates. Um, if you need, let's, you know, here, the, their basic thing is if you need red wine at 4 a.m., sushi at 9 p.m., a breakfast burrito at 8 p.m., ibuprofen at midnight, Postmate it. Basically, here's what's awesome about Postmates. Um, you're not feeling great. You're feeling under the weather, pop on Postmates, you order what you need, someone picks it up for you. It's a delivery service. It makes it so, you know, I've got a two-year-old at home. If It can be hard to get everything together to go to the store. Um, they'll take care of it. You know, they do from groceries, convenience stores, uh, traditional retailers, uh, restaurants. I think I saw near me that, like, even one of the, like, a... a, a liquor store, like pretty much anything you want, Postmates will bring to your door. So right now where I am, it's 11 p.m., uh, and it's it's thunderstorming out, and I could just hop on Postmates and use that to get whatever I need in the local area from a store that is still open. So it's, it's a really handy service, especially if, like I said, I think the best use for it is when you're not feeling well. Because no one wants to go out and get things when you're not feeling well. It's awesome. You can just hop on Postmates and they're going to deliver it for you. So for a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. So they're going to hook you here. Okay, You're going to go. You're going to get that 100 bucks. You're going to realize how great the service is and keep using it. Download the app. Use the promo code Locked On. The code Locked On. No space for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. Download Postmates and save with the code Locked On. And again, uh, I, I, can't, uh, I can't give them uh, enough praise. I, I think it's a really useful service as both someone who gets sick and someone who has a small child. Uh, that is when I find Postmates to be the most useful. It is also that time of year where the uh, football season is coming back and the new Locked On NFL is on fire. Last week it was the one of the most listened to NFL shows in all of podcasts with expert analysis of former NFL scout Matt Williamson and hosted by Brian Peacock. Locked On NFL is your daily national podcast on all things NFL with Matt's unique take on the game. Follow Locked On NFL on your favorite podcast provider. Okay, I know we had talked. I had talked about it at the start as is something I I do that uh, I would uh, put some interviews at the second half, 
But what's going to prevent me from doing that, honestly, at this point, is we didn't get to preview this twin series, and we have to preview this twin series. Um, at this point this year, this is the most important series the Cleveland Indians have had. Um, they were picked to win this division. They had a horrifically bad, historically bad offense at the start of the year. Um, injuries galore. Look at the Indians starting rotation from the beginning of the year. One pitcher has uh, has survived, and that's Shane Bieber. Um, Carlos Carrasco is, is battling cancer. Uh, I'm still amazed by his strikeouts per nine while battling leukemia. That's It's one of the more underrated stories of the year for me. Uh, Clevenger missed, you know, over a month with injuries. Kluber has been out for a long time. They traded Bauer. Shane Bieber, uh, his nickname should be the Highlander because there can be only one, and he is the one who has survived. So, in spite of that, this is a team that is two games back. They've been one of the best teams in baseball since June. And you're facing a Twins team that's coming off losing two of three to a, a good at Atlanta Braves team, but Atlanta Braves team that has some serious issues at the back of their bullpen. Josh Tomlin has closed a few games for the Braves. That's that's enough if you're an Indians fan. You don't really need to know anything else about the Braves' uh, bullpen this year other than knowing Josh Tomlin is an integral piece of their bullpen. So let's preview the games. Starting out on Thursday which is the day you'll listen to this podcast more than likely. Uh, it's going to be Mike Clevenger versus Kyle Gibson. Pure pitching matchup that is a clear advantage, Cleveland Indians. Um, Clevenger is arguably the Indians' best pitcher. Um, fantastic arm. He has been excellent since he's gotten back in the, the swing of things. Uh, you know, I still think the Twins have the better offense to the Indians. I don't think that's really up for debate. Um, top to bottom, that is a stronger lineup. But I think the Indians get the edge. And then, and then the Indians on the other side of things, I think, clearly have the better pen. Uh, the Twins needed pen help. They added some secondary pieces. I don't think they did enough at the deadline, I'll be honest. Um, they have such a good minor leagues. And, you know, someone like Scott Odberg out in Colorado would have made such sense for them to trade a better prospect to get. Um, but they didn't do anything like that. They got, you know, Dyson's been good this year, but he has a rocky history. Sergio Romo is not a closer. And he was a closer for arguably the worst team in baseball. Definitely one of the bottom five. We'll see. So, you know, the the Twins have advantage in the lineup. Uh, Indians have bullpen advantage. I think the Indians' bullpen advantage is huge. I think the Twins' lineup advantage is medium. So the starting pitching matchups really could shift each of these games. I think first game, clear advantage Indians. Second game, Plutko versus Smeltzer. I would go with Plutko because we have a history there. Smeltzer, yeah, he was solid as last start, but the Indians lineup is meant to... Uh, it, it definitely favors when they face a lefty, especially with the additions of uh, Puig and Franmel. It's, it's a lineup that is meant to, to hit lefties. Yes, Jordan Luplow is on the disabled list. It makes the lineup a little, you know, significantly weaker. Let's be honest. Luplow had been fantastic this year. But at the end of the day, you, know, you look at Smeltzer. He's been, uh, you know, he he's a guy who doesn't hurt himself. We have one game in the pros, and he, you know, his home run rate was through the roof. You go down to the minors through four years. 
he was able to miss bats. He never uh, never hurt himself with walks. Home run rate has always been a little higher. So this is the game where, you know, hopefully we'll see Fran Mill break out of his slump and maybe hit two out. Not one, but two. It's a good game for Puig to go out and start swinging. Um, I'm just not sold on, on Smeltzer. You know, he was one of the bigger pieces when they made their Brian Dozier trade a few years ago. Um, he does a lot of things well, but he's just, it's very fringy stuff. So the Indians should be able to take care of that. Plutko is, I think he's proven himself as a back-end arm. I don't think Smeltzer has done that. I mean, I still would probably end up leaning, like, it's it's a toss-up game for me. Bieber versus Odorizzi. Uh, Shane Bieber is going to get Cy Young votes this year. Uh, you may not believe me when I say that, but he has been one of the most effective pitchers in the American League. Um, one could make a case that he should be getting second, at least third or fourth place votes. Jake Odorizzi has been a solid starter this year. He's had a great bounce back year for the Twins. But if you kind of look at an interesting thing here, uh, you go back to June sixth or June sorry June ninth, a 192 ERA, and it's just been creeping since then. It's now up to 361. Um, he did have it peak at a 384, but it's been going up. His he's not been as good as he was over those first few um, first few months. Uh, the Indians, on the other hand, have one of the top pitchers in baseball. Clear advantage Indians. And uh, Sunday, uh, twins all the way. Uh, Plesak has been a great surprise for the Indians. He has been a good back-end arm. Jose Barrios is fantastic. He shut the Indians down multiple times. He shut many teams down multiple times. He is a, you know, a gunslinger back there. And it's one of those... So, go back to June 12th for him, 3.01 ERA. Now, it's a 3.24 which is the high watermark if you're looking for a positive because uh, Atlanta shellacked him. Uh, but other than that, he has been solid all year. So maybe you're, the hope as an Indians fan is that maybe there's some tiring going on. But uh, at this point, that looks like a, a, a loss. So we really, in an ideal world, would win the first three games and kind of expect to lose Sunday. The less, you know, the, the mediocre outcome is you wouldn't be Burn Clevenger, lose the other two, and when the series is over, you're still two games back. But if you can at least get that one game there, or win the three, lose the one, then you can leave this series in a tie. And that is, as an Indians fan, what you have to be hoping for. The upside um, after this twin series is... Boston comes to town who has been struggling mightily. Uh, it's probably a good time to catch catch the Red Sox. Then they have to go to the Met, to the Yankees, and then to the Mets, which with the way the Mets are playing, this is going to be a brutal stretch there, those seven games. But then you got Kansas City and Detroit, Tampa, Chicago, back at Minnesota, at Los Angeles, then Minnesota's back home. Uh, so... Even though the Indians have four games here, and they've already played nine games, they still have six more games against the Twins going forward. And they end with, here's kind of some bad news, actually, when you, you know we were talking about the standings. They're going to end the season um, 
against the Washington Nationals, who, if you recall from the beginning of the podcast, are currently leading the wild card in the National League. They are likely going to be, uh, no matter what the situation, in a fight towards the end of the year. Uh, they're six games back of the Braves, but they're just a game up in the wild card. So, and just as we continue looking down the road, just keep that in mind that the Indians' schedule stays pretty difficult from this point out. Um, there are still some games against the the dregs of the American League Central, but there's a lot of games against good, good, good teams, and some of those teams, like the Mets, were going to be hitting at the wrong time. So we'll have to see how it goes going forward. But uh, tomorrow's podcast should be an interesting one. We'll uh, get together and discuss things after the uh, first game of the series, one the Indians really should and need to win when you have Clevenger on the mound. Thank you to everyone for rating, reviewing, uh, subscribing, and telling a friend. Our numbers continue to climb. We are up 67% this month. That's awesome. So let's keep that going. I'm sure by now you've been like, wow, your numbers must have been pretty low. If you're 50% last month, 60% this month, 40%. We did. We started out small. Um, but we've been growing and growing and growing, and that's thanks to you, uh, that awesome fan base out there who you know, have been telling people, who have been listening every day, who have been rating and reviewing. Thank you. And remember, as always, go Tribe.